Hey everybody, it's John. Thank you for listening to the September version of Deep Dive. This I am so excited to present this conversation with you. We are talking to the great Robert Tepper. Now, Robert, of course, has one of the greatest soundtrack songs in history, but especially of the 80s, No Easy Way Out from Rocky IV, one of the greatest movie montages ever put to music, ever put on the screen. Well, that was a huge hit, but the album of the same name that came out shortly after that didn't do so well. And we get into why that would be. We go track by track, as we always do, talk about the stories behind the songs. He is such a funny, uh, engaging guy. Now, on top of all of this, he has a brand new album out today called Better Than The Rest. We play a couple of songs in here. You will see it is just what you want from a guy like Robert Tepper, that killer AOR rock straight out of the 80s, but made for today. It is amazing. Anyway. I hope you guys enjoy this. I love it. And uh, see if you can get out there and find a copy of No Easy Way Out. It's not, you know, there aren't millions of them floating around. But it's a fun album. He was a really fun guy. I've always loved him, and I wanted to bring him back. And so I'm really grateful and honored that he talked to me like this. Okay? Enjoy. Well, for starters, um, first of all, I, I... you know, Robert, I, I, as I said, I've been doing this for about four and a half years, and I've been right. fortunate enough to be able to talk with some of my all-time favorite just rock and roll heroes. But there are very few people in all of this time that I've spoken with who have who give me the same level of joy and excitement as you. You're, <laughs> oh, that is so nice, man. I Thank really, you, awesome. <laughs> I mean it, and it's uh, your the the combination of your voice and the music and what it meant to me then. <laughs> And where you stand in pop culture today, you just, you're the man. I just, you mean a oh, lot to me. You, and I'm Jeff. so grateful thank that you. you talked to me. Well, I'm, I'm still as emotional and as excited as, as I can possibly, possibly be at this age. Good. You know, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing stopping me but my own head, man. That's yeah. it, you know, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So you're pushing 70. Yeah. Am I right? I'm push. I'm pushing ten. I'm 69. May 30th, 19. Uh, May 30th, 1950 was the uh, the day that all when the bomb was dropped. You know, and I and I was born, and uh, and here I am, 69 years later. You know, the the body's probably a little creaky, but the mind is about 12, right. 15, 16, maybe. You know. <laughs> you know, I there are a lot of videos out on YouTube of you singing. No easy way out at various gigs around LA and stuff, and you sound great. And I don't know if you know this, but they get passed around among the fans. Like, have you seen this one of Robert at the whiskey in 2018 that, or whatever? You know, those are awesome. That one, that one's got. It's so funny because Jake, the guy who runs who runs the whiskey, uh huh. You know, he calls me and like every year he like he wants me to play the whiskey and like. <laughs> Sometimes I got to be honest with you. I'm like, you know, fuck this, man. This is like L.A. Nobody's going to come out and see see me, you know, uh-huh. except maybe my relatives and and a bunch of friends, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, because it's L.A., man. Everybody's jaded, you know. It's like, yeah. you know, it's 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 really hard to get people to come out, you know. And uh, but he said to me, last, I don't know, maybe two or three times previous, he says to me, you know, Robert. He said, I got three videos that are most played videos you got i got one of lemmy right i got one 
of the of the chili peppers and you are the number three most popular <laughs> video of you doing no easy way out at the whiskey and I would say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. It really is. It's so funny. That is amazing. Yeah. And and I will tell yeah. you, I'll I'll just I'm gonna plant the seed now, Robert. If I ever hit the big sure. time and I uh some or like I make a big sale and I get a giant commission check or something, my dream yeah. is to pay for you to come out and perform in my living room. I well, want I, I want you to come do that, that would before be so I die. Great. I <laughs> yes. would love to do it. I, some of my favorite shows lately are house. If I I don't do them a lot. Uh-huh. I haven't been performing like that much this this year, uh-huh. but I love house concerts, man. Uh, they're so emotional. They're uh-huh. really good. You get to do so much. But that you're on, man. You get that, okay. You get that set going. I'm there. Okay, <laughs> okay. We're gonna do it. I will fly you out. You can even stay at <laughs> my house. Um, okay. Perfect. So Perfect. I, for, before we get into No Easy Way Out, we have to talk about this new album. I've only been able to hear the two songs that are on YouTube, but they are fantastic. This album, I believe, comes out on the 27th of September, which is probably the same day that this episode is going to be released, called Better Better Than the Rest, right? Tell us all about it. Here's pretty much the, the, the whole thing about this record, okay? First of all, it took about a year to make, and, and Pablo Padilla and I had a fucking ball doing this record. I mean, there were times when we got like a little frustrated, but... You got to you got to know it's like um, how, how do I tell the story without sounding too like stupid? Okay, here we go. All right, so I put out New Life Story, right? And New Life Story kind of gets me some gigs. Like uh, this guy uh, Indigo Balboa brings me to Spain. I play some gigs in Madrid. They're pretty good. I play Cartagena. I mean, when it, you know, mm. and when, what he does is he puts his band together for me. Uh, some players better than others, but one of the guitar players he got me was Pablo Padilla. Mm-hmm. Pablo is phenomenal. Okay, mm-hmm. he uh, he is someone who has studied the sound of like Dan Huff and you know and, and the guy from Toto, you know, and, and all these guys. It's it's not just like oh I can play this stuff and yeah I can learn this. It's like what the reverbs were, what the delays were, you know. Uh, he really knows the music, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I come back after doing these shows. I do one show in England that went really well. I did, uh, you know, a couple of shows in Spain that did okay. And I come back and I get a call from Pablo. Pablo, yeah, I'm going to school at uh, this place in Glendale. Uh, I just want to let you know I'm here. And if you need any help, so these whiskey shows or if I'm doing any shows around here, mm-hmm. Pablo and I staying very friendly, like, yeah, okay, I'll put the band together for you. You come in for rehearsals. Roberto, no problema, see? is espanol, mi espanol es mucho perfecto, see? And so he, so he put, you know, so we're kind of working together. And about, I don't know, now it's a little longer than a year, but maybe a year ago, you know, so he's going, he went to school in Glendale, then he goes to this school in, uh, I, I think it's, um, oh, what is it? It's Cal State. Uh, Cal State Fullerton, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he's studying composition. He's doing all this stuff. He says, Roberto, porque we don't get together a little bit, you know, a poquito and, 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 and write and do some stuff. So I said, mm-hmm. fine, let's do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we get together and we start writing, okay? And it's just kind of like, we're having fun, bro. Mm-hmm. John, we're just like getting together. We wrote like 12, 14 things. And it's like, so... 
you know, I've been, I'm in the, I engineer my own stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and I mix my own stuff. And I'm not saying I'm Bob Clearmountain or, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, a, right. any, like a top guy, but I know how I want me to sound, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we start putting together and we're adding stuff. We did everything. I'm doing all the vocals. He's playing the guitars. We're arranging together. Uh, I'm doing keyboards. He's doing keyboards. I played bass on the mm. whole record, except oh, for anything right. where it's, you know, with a synth bass, and mm-hmm. I probably played it, or you, or Pablo played it. So, just to make, you know, there's no making this story short. So what happens is, you know, we get like seven tunes down into it, and Pablo goes, we, you know, I, I look at him, I go, man, damn, man. He mm-hmm. goes, I keep playing this stuff for people, and they're going, fuck, this is great. And I'm yeah. figured it's another self-titled release, you know, uh-huh. on, on the, <laughs> on Apple Music, you know, and you know my my six fans are gonna buy it, and it's done, right? And yeah. and you know, so so we're doing all that, and we 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 kind of like it's not finished, but we're pretty close on better than the rest. I got to tell you, I don't even remember singing some of these vocals. I mean, mm. better than the rest. I was like writing both. I was writing lyrics. And we were writing the music like the same night. And then I put down a, a, like a vocal, you know, uh-huh. sometimes. Uh-huh. And better than the rest could be like maybe the first or third time, first, second or third time I sang that song. I don't truly remember. Wow. It's like you're, you're kind of in that other zone, you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. uh, you know, so, wow. so, so we start, so we start reaching out, you know, and there's one label in Italy called uh, Frontier. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know that. I do. Yep. And uh, I got a bit of a connection. Mark Spiros, I think, was was the connection. And and Pablo and and uh, Indigo Balboa was the connection for AOR Heaven. Mm. So I kind of reached out to both of them, and, and you know, I got to tell you, you know, Frontier was like, uh, it's interesting, but nah, we're not interested, you know. And really? Frontier is kind of funny. Yeah, they were not oh. interested, man. They were like. They got White Snake. Oh. They kind of tell you who's going to produce the record. Uh, we were kind of down the road already, you know, and it was kind of very corporate and cold, to be yeah. honest with you. It's like some guy, this is the procedure for, mm-hmm. you know, and you can mm-hmm. print this or not. That's yeah. kinda, you know, uh, this is the procedure for how you, you know, you do this and, I, you know, I'm cool okay. with it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a business, you know, what's people who say what's a bigger word music or business business is the big word music business is right. music business right. but i'm 69 you know my expectations <laughs> might be a little low at this point uh-huh. so you know so aor heaven george gets it over to AOR heaven he runs aor heaven john bouvois on that label also a very reputable label mm-hmm. out of germany releases out not even a hiccup let's do this okay really just keep me abreast how the record's going I go fucking fantastic at 69 <laughs> years old. I got a record deal again. You know, this is amazing. That is great. And, and we did it all behind my house, man. We did it behind my house. I have a nice studio behind my house, you know, and no it way. was a labor of absolute love, man. I believe you know? it. You know, um, yeah. so you mentioned Better Than The Rest. The other song I've heard yeah. is My Yesterday. It was all I could do just to save my soul
songs are so killer and i wonder if some of the buzz is because you don't take this the wrong way you finally sound like the robert tepper that fans of yours from the 80s have been wanting you to sound like because exactly i don't take this the wrong way because okay but here's the thing john that you know i'm gonna probably interrupt you a lot that's okay i talk a lot you know that's okay so i apologize don't i'll apologize up front so (laughs) so here's the thing so for years, I, I don't know, I did an album for MTM with No Rest for the Wounded Heart. That was the last AOR, truly AOR album that I did, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're keeping the history of, of, of my AOR recordings. Right. You know, and I'm like, man, I'm, you know, for years, I'm like, I'm not feeling it, man. I'm yeah. not feeling it. But there was something about the way Pablo played and how I said, you know what? What if the concept is, and I swear we talked like this, what if the 80s never stopped? Mm-hmm. What if, you know, this is like a follow-up record to No Easy Way Out, you know, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, Modern Madness was insane. That wasn't yeah. a very good record. Right. But this, you know, what if, you know, we made a record that all our greatest influence that we love, all the people we love, Duran Duran, Peter Gabriel, uh, you know, uh, you know, all the, all the great records like that inspired us because that period had all these amazing engineers, man. Yeah. yeah, we did a lot of blow, and yeah, we were insane, <laughs> but also we made cinematic records. Yes. So the whole goal of this of this album, John, was like, let's make this cinematic. Let's make this like movie-like. Let's yeah. make it huge, man. Let's make it sound expensive, you know, and, and great, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like we accomplished it. How many people are going to listen to it? How many people are going to buy it? I would love the world to hear it. I really sure. would. I'm, I'm a little, you know, but we'll see what happens. It's coming out the 27th. I'm, I'm getting some good reviews, you know, uh, some, uh, in England, in Germany, a couple of, you know, some some cool stuff. If you look up some of the stuff online and, and, and so that, that's good. what's been happening. You good. Know, you know. Now is the, uh, I don't even know, is it going to, I think last time we talked, now granted it's been a while, if I remember right, yeah. your old website was almost defunct. I don't think it was even operational. Where can no, people, where, if, where, where do you, do you want them ahead. to buy it from your website? What's the best thing? You, you know what, they can buy it from AOR Heaven, it, it, it doesn't matter. My okay. website will hopefully be up by the time the record comes out. Okay. I'm working on it right now with with uh, with Pablo. Right now, we're trying to get the website up and going, and it'll be functional. Good. Uh, possibly, you know, and there'll be a link to AOR Heaven. Doesn't matter. Hey, as long as the motherfuckers buy, it, <laughs> I don't care where they buy it. Good. You know, okay. what I mean? yeah. It's it's not going to help me or hurt me either way. You know, yeah. um, I just really um, feel like I delivered the album that I thought my fans really wanted to hear. That you know, is the and, exact and, summary. That's yeah, it exactly. You know, yep. That's you it. know, and 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 I not only delivered the record, but I feel like we took great pride in it. And you know, so I hope they, I hope they appreciate the love we put into it. That's all. Well, I appreciate. If not, I mean, I just, uh, I've been listening again, li- going back, listening to those two songs. Whenever I hear you hear hit those notes on the chorus for uh, "Better Than the Rest," when you say "scream and shout." And at the end of the day, you took all the blame and the tragedy was true. Never wanted you to be the one to have to settle for less. Cause deep inside, I know you better, better than the rest. 
say it in your with your voice, that unmistakable, gritty, beautiful voice of yours. I get goosebumps. I really, truly do. Oh, thank you, Because man. it's thank just like, so thank much. God, this wonderful piece of my life is coming back. You know, that's how uh, it feels. Oh, that's so cool, man. It that's is. what we're trying to do. That makes me, that thrills me. That, you know, yeah. if we reach 10 people or we, we reach 10 million, it, well, you know, it's, I'm proud of it. Good. And I'm, thank you so much for that. Sure. I that's why that. I say I'm honored to do my part. I hope people will check thank it you. out. Um, I hope so. I good. Hope so. Okay. Well, look, let's talk about uh, No Easy Way Out. And Let's uh, do it. I, so, I, I got to be honest. Uh, there's because I guess because this is sort of a not an obscure album, but it's not big or anything. There, I, there was not a lot of information out there, so I don't. Yeah, I, know and you it, know, I know it came out we, in '86. I don't know when. Right. You tell me. Okay, so here here was here was the thing, and I don't know if I said this last time, so stop me if I'm repeating myself. I hate to repeat myself. So you have to remember this was part of a soundtrack, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This this was a soundtrack to. Uh, you know, the Rocky four movie, which was their main concern, man. My record was, but a footnote. Okay. Um, that, you know, and I, you know, it was nine songs, you know, it was good. It was a good record. It came out. It had, you know, I, I still think if they put out, if that's what you call loving, we would have been over the roof with it, you know? And, um, because I still think there was some good songs that never really got heard on that record or promoted properly. Because mm-hmm. I was part of Epic, and Epic was, you know, after the soundtrack, they really didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Honest, mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, and, and I knew it. I mean, they did one more video, so I guess I can't say that. They did Don't Walk Away, which was an odd choice for a second single, I thought, for a rocker. Oh, really? And, oh, I you know, know. Yeah. I'll get into it. Okay, keep talking, keep yeah, talking. Yeah, you know, you know, so... So that's that was pretty much why I don't think there's much around on it because I couldn't even release my record mm-hmm. until the soundtrack had run its course. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, the soundtrack running its course put me on the map, right. and my kids will be eating for, <laughs> for the rest of my life off a Rocky Four movie. Right. You know, I mean, to some extent. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to retire tomorrow, but right. I'm just saying we became part of a franchise, which was great, but it did hurt my first record without yeah. a doubt. Okay. Now, is this a Scotty Brothers issue? Were they the ones yes. who were sort of like, they had already pushed, put all their weight behind Rocky Four. We don't really need to keep keep Robert Absolutely. afloat at this point? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I mean, and, and you have to realize it was like, you know, MTV and MTV and 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 soundtracks were very mm-hmm. closely knitted. Then you know they were trying to sell soundtracks, and they did. You know, I got a platinum record for that. You yeah. know, so that was the case with that. And this uh, is this is and, a thing. and you got to realize, oh, go like, so my record sitting there. So say the Rocky Four soundtrack lasted three to five months. Mm-hmm. They're gonna look at a Robert Tepper record that was released. <laughs> fucking six months ago and start working it oh. that would have been great if uh, my mother was in charge of epic at the time but she wasn't <laughs> but this this is a common theme with the people that i talk to on this show my feeling is that this company has a valuable asset we just put yes. out no easy way out it reached number right. 22 it's a big right. deal we now robert tepper is going to make money for us well, all we have to do is keep this wagon rolling and they don't yep. do it. And I don't understand why they don't do that. 
I don't understand either. But, you know, you got to look at it this way. If they had kept it rolling and my drugs were that much more expensive, true. I might have died. <laughs> That's, true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You would have blown it somehow probably back then. Anyway, somehow, right? Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, so the album reached number 144 in 1986. It spent eight, eight okay. weeks on the chart. Uh, right. One thing that I've, I didn't realize, it was never released on CD until nine years ago. Did you know wow. that? No, I. You know what? It, I forgot it. You reminded me. Thank you. That is I, so I, lame. I Isn't that crazy? Yes. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Because That's you, you know why they didn't want to leave that money on the table. But by the time they realized that, I mean the digital thing was so well along the yeah. way that I'm sure they didn't do. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, it's it's so funny. Look, man, comedy errors with companies. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure you've heard all the horror stories. Mm -hmm. You know, the music business was very strange, and and uh, and, and and you know, you got to be lucky. You got to be, you know, you got to have the right people making the right decisions. And I don't know if I if I had all that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm okay with it today. Just you know, to yeah, some extent. <laughs> you know, I get it. But so, where did you even record this thing? Were okay, you, you were in LA so, somewhere. So here's the thing. So um, I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, jumping on people's desks. I get a record deal. Richie White hears me from Scotty Brothers, and Richie's like crazy, like me. Mm -hmm. I love you, Tepa. Tepa, <laughs> you're amazing. Okay, so you know, uh, I'm singing in his office to to my tracks at the time that I had done down at Electric Ladyland in New York. Mm -hmm. You know, these those were my demos. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Soul Survivor might have been on there. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no easy way out. There was a Beatle cover. Hmm. What else? A couple of, I can't even, I don't even know where those, where those songs are. Okay. I wish I did. Uh, so Scotty Brothers does sign me. Uh, we go to some kind of music event. I have a manager, Vicky Germaze. I don't know if that's hmm. somewhere in the history. Vicky was, remember a group called Badfinger? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course you do. So the model, the girl who's on the cover of Bad Fingers, oh, that was my manager. Okay, no way. That's who, who later went on to work, yeah, and who later went on to work at uh, Warner Brothers. Was it uh, Warner Brothers? Uh, Atlantic, okay. Atlantic, I think, as an A and R person. Wow. And so, so Vicky and I meet Joe Ciccarelli there, and Joe's like doing Oingo Boingo, Frank yeah. Zappa. What's he doing with me? You know, I mean, what is he doing with me? He's so not into my kind of music. But at that time, I mean, not that uh, I disliked his music. I mean, I listen to everything. But, mm -hmm. you know, but Joe and I hit it off. You know, I come to L.A. We do pre-production. We got our money. We're all over the map. We cut the main track at Soundcastle in Silver Lake, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, near near uh, a Chick Corea studio, mm -hmm. but it, really close by. Soundcastle was like, it was a pretty big place. And, uh, you know, Joe's putting a band together for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Alan Pasqua's coming in. And uh, on drums, Myron Grumbacher, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and uh, on keyboards, Alan, yeah, keyboards, Cat Pasqua. Timmy Landers on bass. I still talk to Timmy. Timmy's awesome. Nice. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Uh, oh, There's, and a um... small, talented dude. The first record he worked on when he came to L.A. or pretty damn close. I'm not. I'm not going to exaggerate. But Dan Huff, who yeah. walked in, I said, "Hey, I said, Joe, your dentist is here." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> it was 
like, you know, but then he started to play and yeah. he, he was fucking amazing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so, did, so we had everybody in place. And did then Scott, did, let me ask you a question real quick. Did ahead. Scotty Brothers tell you to work with Joe Ciccarelli or did you? Uh, that I don't know how exciting. I don't know how excited they were that I was working with Joe. Oh. We kind of, we kind of pushed for Joe heavy and I didn't know, you know, what they were thinking, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, they didn't, you know, I could have wound up having to do the record there, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. which was the kiss of fucking death. Okay. Really? That would have been horrible, oh. you know, between you and me. I mean, they had a studio downstairs there, which I did wind up for the second record, trying to cut some stuff or the third record, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I forget. It was like a nightmare. Oh boy. And, but, you know, Joe was like on his way and knew the good studios and Joe was aggressive. And we kind of just, you know, when I wanted Joe, you know, I, mm. I think I had to fight for him a bit, you know, okay. Okay. they weren't, I know, I know they weren't crazy about me using them the second time, you know, mm. and mm-hmm. which was, you know, but you got to remember, dig this, John, guess who produced my son's, my son's Max and Julian second record, The Natural History? I don't know. Joe Chick, Joe really? Ciccarelli. Yes. No way. Which, which spawned the song, Don't You Ever, which just got released again off the Spoon record, a huge record. <laughs> nice. You know? So, you know, everything everything gets That's worked great. out, I guess. I so, just emailed Joe today to see if he would come on and be a guest with me on here. So we'll see if he uh, replies. Joe's a great guy. Good. What did he say? Probably no. He hasn't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hasn't replied yet, but hopefully he says yes. <laughs> yes, but, but, you know, Joe was like, Joe was great, man, but he knew, you know, he brought in some great news. Kevin Savage, uh, Kevin Savage, I may get second record, first record, so we, we should get into songs. Otherwise, I'll get it all. Okay, mixed up. okay. So let me ask you one other thing. First of all, wh- sure. who who else was at the studio recording while you were there? Ooh, good question. Okay. Uh... I don't know if you remembered. Like, you were seeing some famous guy I remember, walking down the hall. I remember from the second record. Okay. The second record had more people hanging out, okay? okay. We had Dave and Dave. Yeah, we had, we had, uh, what's your, we had what's your name? Uh, who sang backgrounds for me? Carla uh, Devito. Oh, Carla Devito on the first record, yeah. absolutely was was hanging out. Okay, who was a sweetheart? Oh, you know who else? Uh, True Colors. Who were those guys who wrote True Colors? Tom and, Kelly uh, and Billy Steinberg. Yes. The, yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. They were there. Okay. Uh, who else? Um, God, who was who was the the redhead piano singer was on the second oh, record? Uh, Tori Amos. Tori Amos was around yeah. the second, and 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 I believe also uh, um, uh, Joan Jett's uh, partner in crime was was at some sessions oh, for the second second uh, record. Is that Ricky Bird? Uh, no, who's the no. blonde girl? She did a bunch of records. Oh, Lita too. Ford. Uh, Sorry, Lita yeah. Ford. The female. I met Lita yes, a couple of times. No way. And. Yeah. And Greg Bizanet came down for the second mm-hmm. record a bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I I got to meet some of, some of those some of those people, and you know we were hanging out with the Benatar people. Yeah. You know the first record for sure with Pat because she recorded La Belle Age, and that That's was supposed right. to be on the first record. You know. That was supposed so, to be on your yeah. first record. On my first. But on she my took first it record. from you, I guess. Yeah, she took okay. it, but yeah, we ran out of time and money, and Joe was getting busy, so okay. you know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, one other question: the cover. Yeah. I always thought the cover to this album is incongruous with 
the sound of the music on the album. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's, look, I'm like, I, I play dumb, okay? Uh -huh. Someone said, Tepper, you play dumb. You're a lot smarter than you sound. And I know, because I sound like I'm from Jersey and I was born in a garbage can, uh -huh. you know? And, and but I, I, I have a strong artistic lean. I know what's good. And I was like, here I am, I'm getting to do my first record. And this guy, I forget who it was. Oh, we did we did one cover up at the Chateau, at the Chateau Marmar, okay? Mm -hmm. And it was okay. It had the the, the it had the uh, the Marlboro guy in the background. Mm. Nobody really liked it, okay? Mm. Nobody was crazy about it. But this the other guy who was like a real arty kind of uh, dude, I forget. I totally forget. Do you have his name handy? At I don't all? have it handy. I'll look for it. But he was like, he, so there used to be these parties going around LA, right? Mm -hmm. And in one of these lofts, I said, I said to him, man, you should shoot my cover, right? Mm -hmm. And so we put together a shoot and he shot it. And it, look, it was, it was me trying to be very arty, you know, uh -huh. did it work? <laughs> you know, I thought it was good photo of me. You uh -huh. know, I liked it. Uh -huh. I liked it. And, you know, you got to remember, I was I was in New York. It was a, I was living in New York. I mean, Francesco Scavulo was there. You know, all these great photographers. Yeah. I lived down the street from the Met. I was I was I wanted a great photographer to take the shot. Yeah. You know, and I felt yeah. like he did a good job. Okay, you know? I just thought the uh, the photos that accompany the singles for like No Easy Way Out and Don't Walk Away yes. are these great pictures of you looking really manly and kind of you know, hunched over, yeah. like, you know, with your arms hanging and, but the yeah. picture of uh, the picture on the album cover, you look so pensive and it's, it's, it's animated Absolutely. or whatever. And I just thought that doesn't I, look who, like they go who together. The fuck no, who the fuck okay. knows, John? Okay. I have no idea why they chose that one. That okay. was the one I didn't, I probably had very little to probably. do with that at okay. the time. Okay. But there were some great things. The guy took some great, my hands on the single, yeah. you know, my hands are like straight down looking like long and veiny and yes. ready to go. Yeah, you know? that's it. Yes. You know? Yeah. You know, so it was, yeah. it was, it was kind of, I don't remember who made the decision, but there were, okay. you know, a bunch, Bill Bennett was up there, Larry Stethel. God, yeah. man, I'm pretty good. How am I remembering <laughs> these people? Uh, amazing. Good. Okay. All right. Track one. I'm sure you've talked a million times about No Easy Way Out. No, it's okay. I have right. The thing that I'm most interested in is I want to know exactly how you wrote it. Did you write it on a guitar? Did you write it on a piano? What? How did it come to you? All of that. What's, our, what's the first song? No Easy Way Out.
Okay, no easy way out. The first song on the record shows you how much I go back and listen to my old stuff. Okay, no easy way out. I think wrote on, written on a keyboard more. Okay. Okay, okay? and uh, had a rough demo of it. The hook kind of came. The hook was kind of typical '80s stuff. It was like I was looking for a really kind of circular kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something that kind of was very repetitive. Mm-hmm. And and you got and lyrically, I feel it kind of got its boost for me because it was kind of about the end of my first marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's written on keyboard in my living room in New York, right on uh, Oberheim an OB8. Okay? okay, and I probably had a Tascam four track. Okay. And uh, the guy who played guitar on it, Guy Marshall, Guy Marshall kind of arranged it, you know, because hmm. we started playing. He, and I remember Guy saying, what if we start with the intro? You know, Guy was always good at that, man. Hmm. Guy was really good at coming up with stuff. And honestly, at that point, John, I mean, now if, if, you, if you had eight songs that you hummed into a radio, <laughs> into your telephone, I could come over and help you arrange everything. <laughs> but at that, that point, I was a young, naive artist. I mean, I knew certain things. And I was right. doing certain things. Right. But I wasn't as efficient as I am now, okay? And, but Guy was kind of good at it. So we started, we started the intro with the drums. I mean, it's the only song, what does it have, three intros? Yeah, something like that. The keyboards, and then the guitars come in, and then and you the finally bass. come in. Yes. How, many, yeah. how many songs have three intros? I know. None. I know. It's great. So when you're writing it at home, though, I mean, are you, like, you know, do you have, are the lyrics just being channeled through you? Are you thinking, it's all about your divorce. People who don't already know, it's not, even though it fits perfectly in Rocky Four, it was yes. chosen for Rocky Four. It, was, it wasn't written for exactly. Rocky Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sitting in my kitchen. I remember we used to have a butcher block top. I, I was on it and I'm writing this thing. You know, we're not indestructible. Baby, better get that straight. You know, I think it's unbelievable how you give it to the hands of faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, once it didn't come, uh, even then I was, you know, I, you know, you know, I was, I was writing this thing about, about how hard things were between me and my first wife for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Okay. Did you envision it more of a ballad when it got rocked up like it no, was? No, 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 okay. no, no. I saw this as a mid-tempo, mid-tempo song for okay. sure, you know? Yeah. But it kind of came together when all these great musicians, I mean, Alan Pascoe put that keyboard thing, Jimmy Landers came up with that bass thing, but that was, you brought in players, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and and Dan, Dan Huff starts, you know, Mm-hmm. I had gold on that record, man. I my biggest fear every day was can I sing as good as these guys mm-hmm. play? You know, I remember I was yeah. I was scared. You know, well. I said these jacks sound fucking huge, <laughs> and you're dealing with Joe Ciccarelli, who's not doing one take, mm-hmm. he's not doing two takes. It's taking him like a day and a half to get a snare sound, and then he's doing 22 takes of the two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. It's like, yeah. And your crazy. voice is so grainy. And like muscular, is that really difficult for you to sing twenty-two times? Is it over a day well, or you know, a week or what? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I mean, part of the reason, you know, I'll be honest with you, part of the reason I didn't get the tour a lot because mm. I probably lost my voice a lot. You yeah, know, yeah, I wondered. About I mean, that. if I was sing, if I was singing on recordings and stuff, I could, I could get it. You know, look. Looking, you know, hind, what do they say, hindsight 2020, yeah. you know, but I was an insecure young kid, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mm-hmm. really was, man. And I'm sitting there, I didn't know what I had, or, you know, there were people who, I, there was, I didn't know who I was, you yeah. know what I mean? I was sitting there, I knew, I, 
these are the songs I wrote. Mm-hmm. I was finding my way on that first record. And I wrote those songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I sat down and wrote those songs. And that was a big move for me because you got to remember, I was coming off the Into the Night Benny Mardona stuff, right. which we all almost died, you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I don't know what more can be said about No Easy Way Out than than has already been said, but I've always just been curious on the granular level, the very beginning of the idea of that song, how did it begin? And, you, and you've illustrated that. So thank you. That's what I've always wanted to know. Not a problem, man. I, hope, right. I hope I was clear enough. That's great. Now, track two, Angel of the City. This is the one that appears in Stallone's next movie, Cobra. And, Isn't that wild? Yes, that and it wild? doesn't. You don't have to talk about that one quite as much, but that's a great moment too. How did that? Yeah, it really happen? is. And Angel, Angel of the City. For some reason, this is what I'm flashing on. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I think it is. I had a black, uh, uh, what was it? A Yamaha upright, upright piano in my in my living room in New York. Okay. I think I wrote that song. I wrote that song on that. You know. Oh. so funny, man, because these songs truly came together. I mean, Joe did a great job for me. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, we kind of we, we kind of kickstart these things. I, I think we did some rehearsal because I remember uh, who was the guitar player from Toto who, who's around Lukather? there? Steve I remember. Lu- uh, Steve Lukather? The, Lucas. Steve Lukather coming into this place. There used to be these rehearsal studios on uh, Lancashire, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember him coming in, hey, you guys sound really good. So Joe was going over the drum parts, what we were going to do. You know, uh, you know, he, he hated crash cymbals, so you won't hear a lot of crash cymbals. Mm, interesting. <laughs> okay. You know, and we got Myron, man. Myron yeah. is like this monster drummer. You know, okay. I, I'm surrounded by this greatness. But I guess the songs were good or they wouldn't have lived on, you know, right. if they were crap, you know. Right. But I wrote that on the piano. Most of these songs were written in New York City. Okay. You know. So I've always wondered, I always assumed uh, that Angel of the City was a reference to Los Angeles, 
But it's not. You wrote that in New York. <laughs> not at all, man. Okay. Not okay. at all. As it worked out, it 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 did it did go that way, yeah. right? Yeah. It did it did go that way. But you got to remember, I'm hardcore New York mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm trying to get signed. I'm <clears throat> sorry, my throat's dry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get signed. I'm at the Ritz. I'm playing tracks. Mm-hmm. I'm playing all those clubs that were that were like the cool places to play in New York City. Mm-hmm. Trying to get a deal. You know, so no, you know, I wish I could say that that was a, uh, okay. you know, but, but nah. Okay. So did, uh, is this a situation where Sly comes to you and he says, I loved No Easy Way Out. What else have you got? And uh, I'll put it in my next movie. And that's how this happened. Um, I would like to say yes, but no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. I wasn't, story? Even, <laughs> I wasn't even involved in the meeting. Right. Oh. Uh he came up to Scotty Brothers and he said, play me something, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, you know, they like the boys. The Italians like the Italians. You don't have to print this part. The Italians like the Italians. I can see that. I can imagine. We, like, we want to be able to open our mail next time. You know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and so, so, you know, Sly's up there and you can bet that Tony and Ben and Scotty are doing the heavy sell. You know, they're probably mm-hmm. saying that Bridget's going to get to do a solo record or a solo spot on the next Pepper record. Who knows what they're saying, you know? Right, right. And uh, so he's going out with Bridget Nielsen and he hears this song, The Easy Way Out. And, and you know what? I mean, that song, it's down to the fade, man. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. He like did, he did the video down to the fade, you yeah. know? Uh, it's crazy. So, I kind of forgot about it, you know? And next thing I know, I get a call. Hey, he's using Angel of the City. He wants to do the same thing he did in Rocky Four. The only problem is <clears throat> it's kind of a cult movie now, but it wasn't a cult movie. Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't think it did so well when it came out, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It, I think it kind of bombed, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, so he tried the same thing, but I had very little to do with it. You know, okay. he didn't call me. Okay. But he was always very good to me, man. He was very nice to me. That's great. I believe that song was the third single off the album, or do I have that wrong? No, you got that wrong, because there was no three singles. I had one single, and then a Don't Walk, and okay. that was it. Okay. I they read that there were four singles else. off of that album. You, you said there was four singles? That's what I read, yeah. I read that it was there were four that's singles. Okay, good to no, know. That's, okay. that's bullshit. Okay. How many videos? Let's count the videos. How many videos? Well, it's funny you, you got- say that, because... Right. The only video on YouTube is is uh, No Easy Way Out. The one for Don't Walk Away, I think, has been removed. Every time I try and click on it, it nothing will show up. And I couldn't well, find videos Well, there you go. I didn't know that, two. but that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that was it. And then they, Restless World, because they got it in another movie. Oh, that's in a movie? <laughs> What's that in? Uh, it was with, uh, <clears throat> I forget. You gotta look it up. Okay, yeah, I'll not look it a up. big movie. It was. Okay. It had it had some big people in it, but yeah, they used Restless World, but they just did the song. I didn't perform like they didn't mm-hmm. put together a video for me. You okay. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. All right. Uh, so don't walk away is track three, second single. I gotta admit, to me, it sounds like a bona fide hit.
I feel like if, it, if I were in charge of your career, I would have put No Easy Way Out out. Then I'd follow it Don't Walk Away. Hey, guys, remember the guy from No Easy Way Out? He still rocks, yeah. and here's his new song. And then we go straight into the ballad after that. That's what I would have done. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Obvious. Like, no-brainer, right? Exactly. Yeah, but do you think they pushed that song? <laughs> they didn't push it because for a couple of reasons. It was like the album was – they did do a video for it. Uh, it did get released. And I don't know, how high did it get? I don't think it got very the high. The song reached number 85. 85, yeah. Made yeah. top 100. That was right. it. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I don't think they either agreed with you or they promoted it. Or, as I used to go up there and, you know, because I would hang with Bill Bennett and some of these mm -hmm. people, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd drink and do drugs together and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But they would they would be, hey, man, we're on to the fabulous Thunderbirds and Janet Jackson mm -hmm. this week, you know? You're in third place. You know, oh, man. oh okay, thanks. You know, uh, it was weird, man. But yeah. that, but also, I don't know how much you can blame Scotty Brothers because Scotty Brothers, I don't know what their deal was, but most of the promotion for for those records were done by Epic CBS, mm. right? Okay. So okay, you know, yeah, it's kind of out of their hands. Okay, and maybe, maybe it was. You know, um, but that that record didn't go too far. I think. Oh, that you know? that. That's it's just such an obvious hit song to me. Oh, you thank you, brother. Just thank in, you, John. It, I appreciate it's in, it. Sure, it's in keeping with all those great. I talked to Ron Nevison on here recently, and we were talking about like. Oh, how cool! How yeah. cool! Ron's great. He is great. See, now there's a guy fucking make great sounding records. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Unbelievable. So we're talking about bands that he worked with, like Survivor and Heart and Jefferson Starship right. at that time, and. What he's doing is not that far removed from what you're doing. The quality is there, the sound of rock at that time. And I just think if he had produced it, it would have sounded very similar and been a hit song. What's the difference? You know what I mean? I kind of, you know, you could, we'll never know, Yeah. but you could be right. Yeah. We'll, we'll never know, but you could be right, man. Yeah. And I, if I was with another company, that really yeah, gave true, a fuck. True. You know? That's it. That's it. You know? Yeah, it's all just sitting there on the table. One other thing I noticed a little flourish about that song is No Easy Way Out and Don't Walk Away both have this sort of metronomic um, sound effect or whatever, uh, keyboard yes. effect throughout the whole song. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we were kind of moving, we were kind of moving in that direction. If you notice, like when I was doing the new record, okay, mm -hmm. when I was doing the new record, I would, I would mix up the keyboards and probably go, Mix it up, man. Mix those kids. Mm -hmm. Like, it became such a signature. That's what gave the... The guitars were the power. Mm -hmm. The keyboards gave it the, the cinematic feel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All yep. the synths. You know, that music is guitar and synths, great vocals. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what that music is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, there great guitars. There's great synths on that record. I mean, we, yeah. were, we were right there, you know? You were, we were, you were, we were right doing there. it. I agree. Um, okay, track four is the first ballad, Your Love Hurts. This to me, and I, you'll have to tell me, it sounds like a, you just at a piano pouring your divorced heart out, and that's what this song is. Absolutely. I remember I remember writing that at the piano, too. Mm -hmm. And I remember in New York City... I can't nail you down Cause I don't know what you're gonna do You always hesitate, yeah Have your mind made up for you Mission of mercy, some overdrive dream. You keep your emotions hidden and clean. 
what was great about that song, okay? Mm-hmm. So we laid down this kind of, you know, I mean, we're listening at the time. It's kind of like an open kind of Peter Gabriel's kind of track, which when you hear the new record, there's a song, Time Just This Time, mm-hmm. which could have been on So. I swear to God, when you hear this song, and for some reason I nice. sang it, and it just came out the way it did, and it's my favorite song on the new record. Good. And, okay. uh but you'll you'll hear it, okay? You'll tell okay. me what you think. Okay. And uh, so anyway, so we got this track, and it's kind of open and spacey, and it's and it's me getting to do my thing, and I am in I'm um, I'm at uh, I'm out in the valley. I'm out down the 101 in like uh, Thousand Oaks, just before Thousand Oaks, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're at this guy Alan's house. I forget what his last name was. Alan, begin with a oh, what was your name? You would, Borden, maybe Alan Borden. Okay, Scott Borden. Scott Borden. Oh okay. my God! Wow, I'm, you're pulling well, it out I don't of have everywhere. Alzheimer's. My dad died of Alzheimer's. Not me, motherfucker. <laughs> this is great. All right, Scott Borden had a, had what would be known as like a really good project studio, and Joe and I went there. Oh, James House was singing. Okay. Also, on the, James House was around somehow. So we go to uh, Scott's house. And we're doing vocals, guitar, overdubs, keyboard, overdubs, and all this stuff there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we get there, and they, and and uh, what's his name? Is uh, let me think of his name. Hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> the the he's a gospel singer, Andre Andre, Andre Crouch. Crouch. Yes, and and Tata Vega are just getting done with something. They're hanging out. Andre Crouch is as gay as the day is long, okay? Is he really? And, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, without a doubt. It, okay. and, you know, the sweetest motherfucker sure. in the world, man. Sure. Just the nicest guy. He looks at my eyes and he goes, you got beautiful eyes. I go, thank you very much. <laughs> I said, thank you very much. He goes, and that's a beautiful song that you're playing there. I said, really? Yeah, he goes, we could do great things on that song. He's got four guys with him who then proceed to go out there and start coming up with vocal parts oh, with wow. your love hurts and all that stuff with Tata. And I'm sitting there. This is my first record. And I'm going, holy shit. <laughs> this is fucking amazing. To yes. Me, okay. Yes. Andre Crouch is arranging who's a phenomenal singer. Tata Vega is like inner prime killing it. Right. Yes. And, and I'm sitting in the control room with Joe just going, oh, man, pinch me now, man. This is unbelievable, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, that happened, which was not nothing, you know? Yeah. That's so funny yeah. you say that because when I listen to that, as soon as the choir comes in, it sounds like a heavenly choir. It sounds like yeah. this gospel-y thing out of nowhere it's on your record. If you, and now it makes sense. John, if you look him up, he's like, he was one of the early, oh, yeah. most famous, most yes. famous gospel singers man. well he's i mean this guy was of, no joke he sort of uh popularized it in a way i think he sort of took it i, I agree he's De- from out of the churches a, a locally popular. and on the pop charts yeah i mean he's like a pioneer in that absolutely, absolutely. yeah Without it, that would be a great show you should find out if he's alive i think he died yeah. i think he died a few yeah i think ago. he did too yeah because i would Even love Tata to would be great if yeah. he's around i'll see if i can yeah. find her Restless World, track five. I don't know. Is this? Right. I only have a digital copy. Would this have been the end of side one or the beginning of side two? The streets cry for more by the sounds of this restless world. 
I no. think it was the end of side one for some okay. reason. Okay. Um, that's what I'm saying. So, okay, so a keyboard player from Oingo Boingo is playing on this. Oh, right. His name, what's his name? I um, should know this. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, oh, my God. He's so good. What's his name? He's Richard still Gibbs. around. Uh, uh, Richard Gibbs? Richard Gibbs. Yes. Richard Gibbs. That's Nicest right. motherfucker. Got a house in the valley. You know, he's, <laughs> he's like, you know, we go over his house. He's got the MU something sampler, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're having... We're having fun. I go. We start putting this together in kind of like a modern way. Some people hated it because of that. They thought mm-hmm. it sounded, but I thought I, I sang it pretty tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To kind of counteract any kind of, you know, too synthy kind of thing. Right. It had kind of a, a, a cool kind of vibe to it. And when we're mixing this record, oh, oh, is love to love turns to crimes on the? Is that on this record? Uh, love turns to crime is on the next one. I was on the next one. Okay, yeah. that was a crazy song. Uh, okay. But at, at one point, Bob Seger's at Capitol. We're mixing this at Capitol. <laughs> and and I'm not sure if it was this song or Love Turns to Crime. Bob Seger is shooting baskets in the in Steve no And I walk in, and he goes, is that you over there? And just like, come on, man. I said, absolutely. He said, you sound great, man. I'm like, oh, nice. Bob Seger just told me what? that sounds amazing. No way. <laughs> way that is great way. yes that great? well that yeah. this uh, i'm not surprised stupid shit like this no that's yeah. the, that's the exact color we want because the song it starts out with this sort of spoken intro and then you you unload this great scream with this voice yeah. that already is you know on the edge of being lost and turning to gravel and then the scream <laughs> is so powerful there's some there's some acoustic guitar flourishes in there, but it's still a rocker. Yes. Um, there's and I noticed recently one of the times I was listening, there's even some like almost Asian accented guitar, like little Absolutely. Oriental Absolutely. accents in we, there. You got to remember, this is like we had we had this MU thing, man, and we were uh, trying different samples and different things like in it. And you know, Richard is an amazing keyboard player, and, and he's like. You know, he's a pretty progressive guy. I mean, here he is, like Joe had done Oingo Boingo stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, Richard Gibbs is coming in, and he's, like, giving us his his take on what he hears. And he's not, like, mm-hmm. some, you know, mm-hmm. he's amazing, you know. He's amazing. So it was very cool. Good. It was very cool. Uh, now, what I, I always like to read reviews of albums, but I couldn't find hard, anything, really, for this album except that upon release on, this is on Wikipedia, of course, Billboard yeah. Magazine wrote, title track, this is Billboard Magazine, okay, says, uh, title track and first single have been an auspicious debut for Tepper. Album holds the promise of several more singles, most notably Don't Walk Away and Restless World. With similarly yeah. punchy production and powerhouse vocals, has to be considered a serious contender. So that's a good one. But Restless World was not a single, you're saying? Never. Okay. Never. It came out in the movie. It just, I, you know, look, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's the only thing that probably still annoys me a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's not in a big way. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't stay up nights thinking about this shit at all. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. uh, being on Scotty Brothers was an experience, man. Yeah. You know, and, and at times it was like, not to be Mr. Negativa, but, you know, I'm pretty decent on stage, even to this day. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, powerful, and and you know, when I when I'm up there, I'm pretty in control, and my voice is strong, and I'm up there, and it's like, 
why didn't they put me out on the road? I mean, why didn't they? You know what I mean? They didn't want to. You know what I'm saying? It's like there was a lot of bullshit, man. You know, and 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 if you weren't doing what other people were doing, you know, and I had a top ten video, you know, I mean, come on, you stupid, stupid ass motherfuckers, man. But you know what? Again reasons for everything who knows what would have happened you know i looked it up and restless world was in a movie called lady beware yes I, yes i've never seen or heard of it stars diane lane but when i looked yeah it up, diane lane was in it that's right and when i looked it up i recognized the picture of pro from having seen it on like video boxes at blockbuster or whatever when i was a kid right but, right oh my god so yeah that i remembered but i didn't i've never seen that movie so yeah <clears throat> But a young Diane Lane, yes. nothing wrong with that, right? You know, and a current Diane Lane is just as pretty, if not more so, than a young Diane I Lane. I know. Isn't that She's amazing? amazing. She's, yes. She is amazing. She is. so, what a career, man. Yes. She just keeps going. She just keeps going. It's I so great. I love her. I love so her. So great, yeah. Um, okay. But, oh, but, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say track six is Hopeless Romantic. This is probably one of my favorite songs that's not that wasn't a single, but I've always thought this feels this this song feels different to me. It almost feels a little bit out of place, and I was trying to think why do I why do I feel that way? And the only thing I could think of is that yeah, up until now, we've been hearing every song up until now has like a, a hint of darkness to it. You know, there's some grit. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you, you're the New, New Jersey guy with the grit and the gravelly voice. And hearing you say the words "hopeless romantic" feels incongruous with some of the darkness that we've been enveloped in thus far. Does that make sense? Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little bit. Although, it's a, I, I felt. You know what I felt about it? I hmm. felt like I kind of emoted with the song so much that I yeah. kind of lost the melody with it a little mm. bit. I don't know if that makes sense. I was kind of like, when I listened to the lead vocals, it felt like it would have been better if I like kind of did the verses a little straighter and oh. then had the big, and the, cause it's a gang vocal. It's, yeah. it's everybody knows it, you know? And yeah, yeah I probably, probably I've never performed the song live ever, mm -hmm. but I think it's, I think it's, Maybe we could have done a better job. Maybe I could have done a better job singing it. I mean, possibly, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, there's something not right with it that I 
said it, I always huh. felt like you know it could have been better. It, but I uh, think it's a good song. I do too. I like it yeah. a lot. I I feel like maybe it's the most traditional, or it sounds. It doesn't sound that different than like a heart. Like we were talking about Ron Nevison, than a heart song or a survivor song or one of those other things that would. I mean, this she's whole got, album to it? me she's sounds got like a radio. Yes. 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 She's got a, it's got. It does. It's got like a choppy feel in the front. Uh-huh. You know what I yeah. mean? I, and I think maybe that's the problem. Maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe if it was more straight ahead, you know. Maybe. Everybody. Yes. I was really going for that gang thing. Which, I could tell. You know, maybe didn't work. Didn't no, work. I. This is probably like I said. This might be my favorite song. That's not a single. It just feels different than every other song on the radio on the on the album yeah. i mean um, on the album yeah i, I could see that I okay think it was a later one yeah i could see that um i think if i looked at the credits a guy named van stevenson was singing backup on this album right oh my god van stevenson who was a country artist i believe yes. god i haven't heard that name in a while yeah so so here's here's the thing so van stevenson does this comes in i think james house is on it also mm. I think the, the Kelly brothers sang some some backgrounds on it, uh, and um, I believe that Van. I remember being at a drive-in theater with him doing his video, and I had a guest shot in his video at really? that time. Yes, yes, and I have no idea what the song was or what we do. I just I just remember being at a, at, at a uh, at a drive-in theater somewhere and shooting a video with him. You know, I'm gonna have That's to look at that. I didn't remember that. That yeah. is way back machine stuff. <laughs> that is way back machine stuff. I don't, yeah. But a nice guy, really good, and I think he was he was kind of country dude, right? He, he was, you know. Yes, it's it, these are outliers because he was kind of mostly a country singer, or he became one. But he sang yeah. on your out. And here's the deal. So one of my listeners sent me a mix CD recently and the mix CD was called Stallone music. And, uh, it was songs that sound like they should be in Sylvester Stallone movies from the eighties. Oh, that's funny. And what, and a couple of them were by Van Stevenson. And so I've been, I've had this guy in my brain lately a lot. And oh my this, God. Is he still, is he still an active artist? No, he died actually. I think about 10 or 15 years what? ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. I that's know. Correct. I know. So I, I, Damn, I, man. Just, I take so much for granted, man. Just like being above ground is so cool. So true. And he was like, I mean, young guy, man, just yeah. cool guy. Yeah. It's horrible. Sorry about yeah. that. No, that's okay. I'm just learning all of that too. Um, now when we talked earlier, you had mentioned Myron Grumbacher who's playing drums. Yeah, Myron. This song has big yeah. drums. How did he get yeah. involved with you? Cause he's playing with Pat Benatar. Yes, he did. And here's the thing. Uh, how do we get? How do we get Myron in there? Jesus, I'm I'm thinking that I'm thinking Joe got him mm. right, mm-hmm. but um, and I know he wanted like a true rock player, but it was like somehow the connection of having Myron in there led to Labellage. You know what I mean? Oh, because right. which which came after because Myron had either heard it. And uh, and they felt like they could, you know, that they could do something with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but Myron was like, I re- I remember the funniest thing about Myron is like I have I had to keep going out to the parking lot 
because when Joe was on tape 23, Myra was like, I'm fucking out of here, man. This is done. I'm not doing this anymore. And I'd be like, come on, Myra, man. You know, like, we hit it off. I always get to get, I always got along with drummers, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, a fun, and a funny story, when I did the Unforgiven video, uh-huh. he came down to play. Him and Gary Myrick, I think, came down. Oh, no way. And, and, and Myron had just bought a brand new Volvo or something like that. And we get done with the song and we go out to his car, man. And his fucking car is like, I'm talking about not vandalized, stripped. No. Like every, everything but on block. Okay. <laughs> and, and I was like, holy fuck, man. I felt so bad. It was so bad. I mean, it was like they, they, all they left it was like on cinder blocks. It was ripped to shit. No. They, they stripped it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, oh my God. He horrible. runs into. T- he's so proud of his new car. He brings you guys out to see it, and it's been stripped he, while he was in there. Yeah, and the car's been stripped. And we were downtown shooting this thing, right? The people, the, the Unforgiven was had real people Unforgiven, and like people were trying to send me, sell me like kitty porn on my own <laughs> video shoot. You know what I mean? It was, oh, no. it was like, where did you get these people? I was like. Unbelievable. No it was, it way. was great. Yeah. And then the day ended like that. And I was like, are you fucking serious, man? Oh my God. That sucks so bad. You know? Oh, and he was, doing, of course, and, you know, he was in Pat Benatar, man. I mean, they were yeah. five times the size of me. That he, he didn't need to do that. Right. You know, he did it because I was his buddy, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. That is good great. going, Tepper. Good. Okay. Great job. Great job. <laughs> Thanks a lot, yeah. Tepper. You got my, Thanks, you got my car stripped. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. I, I had it a week. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, okay, track seven is Soul Survivor. And uh, this one, I think, I would have to say of all the songs, this one sounds the most stripped down. It sounds the most organic. You know what I mean? I need my freedom. It's a fact you said, give it up now. I don't know
Yeah, and you know what? There's something I still enjoy performing this song. There's something emotional about this song that I can't even explain. But it's like there's something about just the way it's all set up that uh, that feels really like it just kind of flows. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of just goes. And Tommy Thunderbird sounds backgrounds on it. And when he comes in, my soul when he starts singing backgrounds, I love it, man, because it kind of happens like, I mean, he sang through the whole song, but at the end of the song, when I get to vamp a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I just remember it, it kind of took off there for me. And just, I, I always, I, it's a simple song. It really is. And it was probably one of the earlier ones that we, that we did. But it, I felt like it always worked, and it still works, you know. I don't know if I'm going to be doing it live, you know, recently, but I've done it acoustically. I've done it, you know, and it feels good singing it, you know. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say it's the song with the least amount of gloss on it. and Yeah, I mean, it's got backgrounds, guitars. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's got a guitar solo, and, I mean, straight-ahead mix. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy, but I, yeah. I just think, it would have been a good single, I think. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, maybe. and uh, you mentioned the guitars. It's interesting. I realized as I was listening to it that as guitar heavy a, an album as this is, there aren't a lot of solos actually. And I think this song is the only one with it's, like a prominent solo on it. Do you remember? Yeah, who did it? and that's Dan Huff, right? Is it? Dan's is it? Solo. I've wondered. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was working with like Peter Cetera and Wang Chung and Madonna around this time. Oh my God, Dan Huff! I, you know, it's so funny because I don't know was it you I was talking to, but uh, we were talking about. Oh no, my friend Robin Randall. Mm. Um, we were talking about Peter Wolf. Oh right, not, not from Jake Isles. Peter yeah. Wolf, the producer, mm-hmm. and Peter did like he, he kind of embraced uh you know dan huff and took him in and dan played a lot of guitar for him and i think he got some of his producing oh, chops from Peter, you know because dan you know yeah. yeah he yeah and he was you know i still contend my album was the first album he worked on out here you know oh, interesting and yeah but peter picked him up and realized how great he was and kept running with him cool you know? okay yeah, yeah. Okay, if that's what you call loving, um, this is just an amazing vocal performance. I mean, you are reaching. I saw you out late last night Like a child in the rain You were looking for love That would not cause you pain I would rather be alone 
not in a strained way. This is like you pulling out all the stops vocally, right? I really, I really feel that 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 song never got its justice, never got its due, man. I just think it's as good as any power ballad that came out at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I thought I sang my ass off on it. I felt really good about it, and uh, I was just sad that it never got to be a single. You know, and uh, you know, and it, and it's just one of those songs that kind of just keeps. Um, keeps growing as you know really? it, it kind of <clears throat> I'll tell you something this, you can write this or not write this or, mm-hmm. or, or, or or scratch it or whatever okay but I remember it was towards the end of the record and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is how I remember it um, my dear friend Chubba Chubba you know Chubba Petra you know Chubba he's, I don't know if I do he was okay Chubba died a couple of years ago it's more than a couple now okay mm-hmm. and Chubbo and and joe chicarelli were like really good friends okay mm-hmm. but chubb and i used to get crazy together a mm-hmm. little bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh so it was towards the end of the record and i i have a memory of this that um we myron i don't believe played drums on that cut okay oh, i Okay. You know, I think somebody, um, the name Joe Lala is coming to mind, but he was a percussionist, right? I don't know. You're, you're, you know, I'm, I'm, huh. I'm half thinking back to that time because I remember we wanted like a really solid, solid, solid ballad feel on this, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. And so Chubba, who was Joe's kind of, you know, Chubba would be bouncing in and out, you know, mm-hmm. working with, Joe, if Joe was busy, he would like take over a little bit, you know. And I remember cutting this. I'm going to say I cut the vocal with Chubba, okay? Okay. Who I loved, man. And I was so sad when he passed, you know, he just yeah. loved him. And, um, you know, uh, and I think we cut it in the big room in Capitol because I remember, really? yeah, and I remember saying, fuck, man, I think Sinatra's saying here, yes. I think the Beatles sang here. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, you got to remember, I ain't fucking shit at this yeah. time. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know? Yeah. I'm like, and and I thought I got a really good vocal out of it. I really did. You did. You know? Man, that's like and, hitting a uh, home run at Yankee Stadium or something, you know? Yeah, something like that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I look back on the song. I know I wrote the song in New York City. I wrote it on piano. And I remember it was part of the collection of songs I brought out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was in there, you know? Mm-hmm. I wrote it on piano. Okay. Know? When you, I mean, if you put on a show now, do you sit at the piano and sing and and play this song? To Here's the thing. Yourself? Here's the thing. I probably could do it because I'm not a bad piano player, and I play I play piano on a lot of people's stuff when I'm producing or coming up with parts. Uh-huh. I'm the guy, you know. I could sit there and do it. I am a very high-strung, nervous dude, and when I play in front, I could sing in front of a billion people. Playing, I'm a decent guitar player. I, I love playing bass, but playing instruments in front of people freaks me out. I'll do acoustic shows, but it's really hard for me. I have, I don't, I can't remember me playing piano in front of people mm-hmm. at a big show ever, okay. huh. ever. And it's because I was cursed that way, man. My body just like, yeah. I feel like I'm always on the verge of like freaking out when I'm speaking. Yeah, 
I know what you mean. <laughs> we all have our thing. I can't. I can give a talk or a speech in front of a million people, and I can't sing. I can't wait. If someone there you sing, go. If someone goes, how does that song go again? I can't even like hum it. To you them. can't do it. No. Yeah. You know, and I love playing piano. I, as you can tell, I mean, how many right. stories started with I wrote this song on piano, right? right. I mean, you know. Yeah. So it's it's not like I'm, you know, that I can't do it. It's just that it's I'm not comfortable. Okay. You know, so, okay. So yeah. tell me again. You you touched on this earlier that you never really went out on tour. Did you do any tours? I mean, back in the day in '86, '87, were you opening for somebody? No. 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 No, no. I toured with Benny a bit. You know, we came out here and I come out here. We came out to LA. Right. You know, and, and we did the world tour. We were in Cleveland. We did all the cool places. Who? What were those places? Uh, there were a whole bunch of rock clubs in Texas and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. We did, we stayed at Swingos. I mean, we did, we did the, like the, <laughs> the Albuquerque, but that was all with Benny. Uh -huh. We did the bottom line. We did all that stuff. And, you know, Nothing they, for they your solo. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Not a, not a gig. That. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, that is... Uh, the, the theme of this whole thing is just missed opportunity to me. How it, many... It you could have killed is, it. Yeah. And now I got my second chance, you know? Yeah. I toured more in the last probably three to four years than I had ever. That's and amazing. I still do, and it's like I've never done it before, so it's yeah. so fun, you know Good. what I mean? I have Good. a great time. Good. Know? Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> the last song is Domination. And uh, I wrote down, all I wrote down is Bonkers. Yeah, this song is nuts. It, it is. It's barely a song. It feels like an exorcism <laughs> or something. It was. It was. I totally ad-libbed the whole thing. Did you we really? We had the track. I ad-libbed the whole vocal. I couldn't even, I don't even think I had a lyric written down, okay? <laughs> I did it all, it was all, and it sounds it, you know? Mm -hmm. You got it. I mean, but I think the playing on it is pretty cool. You oh, know? absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And... And it was like, I had a concept to go on, but I kind of just went off on the mic and just went and went crazy, which, you know what? I should have been able to put 11 songs on this record, but obviously I was like, I don't know what happened. That's you know, okay. who knows? I was pretty crazy back then, you yeah. know, yeah. But, but, but 
Domination uh, cut at uh, Soundcastle, and I even think I think that is the scratch vocal from cutting the track. No okay, way. no way. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This did you? And I didn't realize until getting ready to talk to you that was the B side to both of the singles. Uh, no easy way out, <laughs> and don't walk away. That. Yeah, which I think is such an <laughs> odd do, choice. They do that was never get released as a single. They do that exactly. That's so funny. Oh, it's yeah. odd. Oh, that's that's yeah. hilarious. And at the very near the end of the song, there's this bass guitar break. That sounds just like yeah. the bass guitar break in Paul Simon's You Can Call Me Al. It's a... Uh, oh, you're kidding me. No, it sounds just like it. Almost like it could have been sampled, but not exactly. I'm not saying anyone plagiarized, but it's well, very yeah, but, similar. Uh, this was out way before that, right? Yeah. We were out way before that. Well, I, I don't know. City. Graceland, I think, was around the same time, maybe 85. Almost exactly. No, I wasn't listening. No? Yeah, I don't okay. think... I love Graceland, but sure. I don't think... I mean, that was Tim... Unless Tim Landers was... Uh, yeah. Listening to Grapevine and threw it in. I, I wouldn't. I haven't listened to that song ever, ever. <laughs> I don't think I ever put that song on. Okay. Well, we're gonna be putting it right here for everyone to hear because it's crazy. It's bonkers. That's the word. That oh, it is. To mind. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's nuts. It is. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all right, it. Man, Nine that's tracks. All, that's all I got. That's, that's it. all I got. All right. I hope and it was the, enough. I. It was great. And the new album comes out uh, the day that this is going to post, the 27th of September. Oh. And uh, oh. do we, your website's going to be up if we want to see you in concert. Yes, do you I, only play around L.A., or what are you doing? Um, I'm supposed to do the Heat Festival. We're kind of working that out, okay. okay, in Germany. There you have it. Robert Tepper and No Easy Way Out. Such a classic. So many great songs on that album. If you have it on CD, Congratulations. Or maybe even vinyl. I need to go get myself a copy. All I have is a digital version. Anyway, I love Robert. Uh, and go get Better Than The Rest. So good. It's out today. I'm going to buy my copy. I hope you do too. Um, by the way, I want to give you an update. I heard back from the producer, Joe Ciccarelli. Fortunately, he turned me down. Said he doesn't like to talk about the past. Why do people say that? It's so fun. And I think I make it fun for them. We honor their careers, you know? It's not cheesy nostalgia. We're giving you, it's like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Anyway, he turned me down. I also want to say I threw out an email to Tommy Funderburk, the vocalist who Robert mentioned that sang on this and sang on a ton of other things you would know. I haven't heard back from him yet either. So hopefully there's a Tommy, Tommy uh, episode out there somewhere. We'll see. Anyway, a huge thanks to the OG. Aaron Syrett produced this, uh, this episode for us. Thank you, buddy, for chiming back in again. It's so good to work with you. I love Aaron's style. Uh, we'll be back, of course, on Tuesday with another episode. Next month's deep dive is already taking shape. It's a little different. I think you're going to like it. I hope. Anyway, we will talk to you all soon.